I've got to review some of the things we said last week in a different way. And for that, and it's not on the sheet, unfortunately, so you have to all conjure up your memory of the Parsha sheet. Now you know that the punishment to Adam Arishon was cursing the land. I don't know what that means. But I know that that's what it says in the Torah, that the land was, was cursed. And then the Torah explains that you'll work and you'll plant and you'll try to harvest, but you won't get what you want. Kotz brambles and something else, Kotz thorns. Thorns. You, you know, you get what you don't want. It won't be so good. It won't be so good. That's the um, that's the uh, curse of the earth. Then we know that Cain and Hevel kind of both brought sacrifices. Now, according to the most mythology, the idea of bringing a sacrifice is a very positive one. This idea that you recognize the fact that it's not entirely as a result of your efforts that you received whatever bounty you received, but in fact that uh, uh, that that God plays a significant role in the in the result. That this idea is a positive idea and one that is understood as being. Um, <coughs> significant in determining religious reaction. I mean, that's what the religious person does. Something good happens to a religious person, he thanks God. Now that's, uh, he doesn't mean that God did it. He means that there somehow had to be some kind of partnership established between uh, God and man in order for this goodness to happen. This is like, you know, uh, like an idea that is very hard to define carefully. But an idea which makes sense to us. It makes sense to us in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the fact that God is present somehow. So Cain and Hevel both brought korbanot. Good, right? That's a good thing. They both did something good. And then the Torah says that the korban that Hevel brought was accepted and found pleasing to heaven, and the korban that was brought by Cain uh, was not pleasing. But it, it doesn't tell us why. It doesn't tell us, I mean, if this, at this important juncture, where these people are doing the most religious act that we've heard of since the creation of the world, Right, so, how, uh, the Torah doesn't say anything, which might mean that it's self-evident. It, it, it was if the Torah doesn't explain something, it's like everything you learn when you learn a Mishnah. Uh, that, that's what it is. If the Mishnah doesn't explain it, then it's self-evident to somebody. It may not be self-evident to me, but it should be. Right? There's, there's this idea that if it's not explained, it's clear. Right? It's only if it's explained that it's not clear. Like if you have to take the trouble to explain yourself, so that means that you feel that people don't understand what you're saying. Right? Otherwise, why would you have to explain yourself? Uh, so, the Torah says it's pshita. Why Cain's korban was rejected and Hevel's korban was accepted. So the only pshita that I can think of the only pshita that I can think of is that Cain brought the fruits of his agricultural labor and Hevel bought the fruits of his uh, of growing the sheep and, and other animals that he had and since since the earth was cursed, right, this is the fact that the earth was cursed since the earth was cursed, Cain already is kind of taking a stand against the curse. Like if God says, if God says you're, uh, uh, the result of your labors will be cursed, would you then bring the results of your labor to God? 
I know you could have different opinions on this question, but you could also imagine that there'd be something wrong with that, that this other was so tired, was guilty of bringing the results of his labor to God as a sacrifice, when it was clear that Tayyid was acting against the curse. And Hevel, Hevel, however, was acting with the curse. He said, the, the earth is cursed. The only thing left for me to do is to become a shepherd. And that's what he did. That's what he did. So you have Tayyid. Tayyid is the rebellious one. The one who is trying to... Um, who is trying to beat the curse, trying to beat the curse and, and, and somehow put it to God, or, or, or how would they say it in Brooklyn, put it in God's face, right? Can't be, yeah, look at this, look what I did. I, I, I produced in spite of the curse, which, of course, at that time was taken by God as being a kind of revolution, a statement against God, and therefore, Cain was, Cain's korban was not accepted. Because of that, Cain killed Hevel, etc. You have other indications that Cain was a bad guy. Right, now if we go to Perik, Perik Dalet, you remember that Cain, Cain had children, whose children had children, whose children had children. Now the first child that Cain had is called Hanoch. That's his name. And Hanoch built a city. This is what we said last week. Hanoch built a city. And a city, a city of course implies permanence. You're, you're in a place and you're not moving from that place. Now, who are the only people who can sit in a place and not move from that place? people who can derive sustenance from the place they're in. Who are the people who can derive sustenance from the place they live in? Those are the people who do agriculture. People who do agriculture. You see that Hanoch, it says that Tayin built Hanoch a city, so that means they somehow, he was maintaining, he was maintaining this revolt against the divine uh, uh, statement or the divine curse of the of the land. He said, no, no, we're going to get it out of agriculture. We're going to build up a city and he's not going to be able to move. He won't be able to be like those Bedouins who, or, or you know, a lot of different peoples are Bedouins until you know, in the United States people had farmland that was so big that you could sort of stay on your farm and move your flocks from place to place until the, the old uh, spot, the, you know, the grass grew back and there was food to eat. But until that time, until the, this idea that you could you know, ride on a horse and build a fence around hundreds of acres of land, you had to actually move from the place you were in to the place that you were going to be in. Now one of the children, one of the children of of Cain was named Lemech. If you hear the story, it gets a little complicated. One of the children of Cain, not his children, but the children of the children of the children, was named Lemech. And the Torah tells us that Lemech had two wives, Ada Vitzila. And the interesting thing is, interesting is that this revolution that was started by Cain and promoted in the time of Hanok was kind of balanced by one of the children of Adah who became a shepherd. Who became a shepherd. Yeah, I'll look, we'll look at the, I'll look at the puzzle and you'll be reminded of it. Yeah. Uh, Right, Lemech had two wives, Ada and Sila. Now, Lemech is a very interesting person, but we're not talking about Lemech right now. Ada and Sila. And Ada had a son whose name was Yaval. 
He was the one of the descendants of Cain. Right, remember Cain? He was Yoshev Ohel Umikne. This is a kind of a contradiction in terms. Ohel Umikne. Mikne is the flocks. He had flocks. He, the son of Cain. Right, remember, Cain worked the land. Hevel had the flocks. But here, after X number of generations, Hevel was dead. So Cain had a, a, a son whose name was Lemach, not a son, a great, 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 great son, whose name was Lemach. Lemach had a wife whose name was Ada. Ada had a child, Ada had a child, right, who was uh, Yoshev Oelomikneh. Oel Oelomikneh, a tent and flocks. Now, what is the... What's going to happen if you have flocks and you have an oil? You're going to move. Right when the flocks finish up eating whatever there is to eat right here, you're going to fold your tents and steal away. So what verb is contradicted by that idea? Yoshev. Because Yoshev means not to move. Permanency. Right? So, so here you have a, like a change in the world. There's sort of a change that... Cain's idea that you could build a city and stay in a place is somehow modified by the uh, by the uh, Lemeth's wife Ada, who had a son who was Yosef Olamikneh. Okay, Yosef Olamikneh, and then we said that the story of Cain, this story of Cain, ends with Naama. Right? Remember Naama? The Chazal say, and Rashi quotes that Rama was the wife of Noah. of Noah. She sees the connector between, that's what we spoke about last week, She's, she connects between uh, you know, the Kayin, the world of Kayin and the world of Noah. That there are the, the world that was going to be destroyed and the new world that was going to exist. Now, we get to our parasha a little bit. The Torah says, the Torah says after this, after this story, Adam what? No kain, no kain, no kain. In the beginning of Perikay, it says, it says, "Zeh sefer toldot Adam biyom berodukim Adam bitmuta lokim." The story of the creation of man starts over again in chapter five. Now in chapter 5. And the main thing of the story, the main, the main thing about this story is, uh, the main thing about the story, here it is, that Adam and Chava had another son. They had another son. I mean... Cain killed Hevel, then there's the story about the lineage of Cain, and then a new story, a new story in which Adam and Chava are created, and they have a son. He had another son who starts another story. It's literally another story. And he had a son, he Shet. Shet had a son whose name was Enosh. Am I annoying everybody yet? <laughs> he had a son whose name was Enosh. And Enosh was famous because the Rambam says that in the time of Enosh was the beginning of idolatry. Right, Cain was a bad guy, but he was an idolater. Right? He was not an idolater. The beginning of idolatry, Enosh. Who's Enosh? He's the son of Sheit. Who is Sheit? He's the second story of Adam and Chava. It's like, almost like, and you know Adam and Chava, they really didn't have any children. Because one of them, Hebel, was killed, was dead. And the other one, Cain, was not what every Jewish mother was looking for. Right? So there's a new story. 
of Adam and Chava. And they have a very uh, nice son whose name is Shait. He had a very nice son, but you know, a little kind of wobbly, whose name was Enosh. Why do you think he goes into such detail about their ages? I don't know, why not? I mean, you have a better way. What? To build a calendar, that's why there are no ages given for Cain, uh, because Cain is irrelevant to an ongoing calendar. Ongoing calendar? Yeah, Cain's line of chronology. There's no point giving their ages. Seth forward is a lot of point to learn to build a calendar. So there they have it. It's good to ask questions. <laughs> I haven't got a clue. But in any event, in this line beginning with. Uh, in, in this line beginning with Enosh there are a few names that recur that we've already heard we heard these names like Hanoch right there's a Hanoch Hanoch is special he walked with God now walking with God as we will see is a very important kind of concept but Hanoch number one Remember Hanoch number one, who was the son of Cain, for whom he built the city? He wasn't walking with God, he was trying to beat God. Because the city represented that kind of stability that the curse of the earth prevented. So Hanoch number one, we can't say about him, he didn't do anything like that, but Hanoch number two, who was the son of the son of the son of Shait, right? He was. This is like a statement that's only to do with the death of Chanok. God took him. He was the first one. He was the first one who was like very, very much, uh, very much stated. It's very much stated that he's with God. So any any event, he had a son, right? He had a son. One second, see. Whose son's name is Metushelah. And Metushelach, you know he lived a long time, Metushelach, but not, not our interest at the moment. He had a son whose name was Metushelach. Metushelach had a son who, believe it or not, was named Lemech. Lemech. Now, I don't think you can make a lot of hay out of that. Okay, Lemech, twice. Name for an ancestor. Yeah, yeah, okay, name for an ancestor, even though, you know, maybe he was a good guy and not a good guy. There was a Lemech. Lemach number two. So he, Lemach number two, had a son. And his son's name was Noah. His son's name was Noah. And who is Noah? It says in the Pasuk who Noah was. Is this on the sheet? Yes. Hooray. It's on the sheet. So we're up to, remember who this is, Lemech. Lemech had a son whose name was Noah. Now Lemech number one, Lemech number one had two wives, Adav and Silah. And they had all kinds of sons, but they also had a, a daughter. Right? Naama. Lemech number two has a son, Chazal. Chazal said, well, uh, you know, well, there's nothing better than having a father-in-law with the same name as your father. Because then you'll never know what to name the baby. <laughs> so, uh, uh, there you have it. So look at the Pasuk. Who? Who called him Noah? His father, I guess. His father, whose name was? Lemech. Right? Lemech. And he said, So if we were Hasidim, we would say that this is a tikkun of Kayin. In other words, he did it in a proper way. And Kayin did it in an improper way. What did Kayin do it in an improper way? What did Kayan do in an improper way? He, he said, I'm going to beat the, the curse. I'm going to beat the curse. And I'm going to, you know, grow things in the land. And then I'm going to bring it sacrifice to God. Uh, what? I think it would be two curses. 
two. Two curses, because there's the curse of the earth, and then his own curses that he's going to be nerve and nut. And the next thing we find is that he's building a city for himself. Yeah, you could say that. Gideon is right, but I didn't say that. Because I just want to concentrate on this one thing. Right, not on Navanat. Navanat is true. You are right that you could tell the story of Navanat. But I'm not telling that story. So look at what it says in the Pasuk. Right, Nechamenu, the word Nechama, is a word that the Nevi'im like a lot. And it means that after the punishment there could be Nechama. Nechama means if you look at it somehow in its ultimate, in the ultimate sense of things, it's going to look good. It's true that right now, right, like today, we have a little bit of a problem. So if you like see the problem as being the entirety of the world that we live in, so then uh, very hard. But if you can see beyond the problem and you have faith that... Uh, that what we're doing is a good thing and the right thing and it'll happen and uh, and it should happen. So that's called nechama. Nechama means that you can see beyond the punishment. In this case, nechama means I can see beyond the curse. Ze yerachameinu. What does ze mean? What is ze? What? Ze is a dectic particle. Believe me, I don't know what dectic means, but that's what they told me. Dectic means it's a particle of pointing. Ze, you know what ze is? In, in, in other words, there's a difference between you when you say, it will do it, and you say, this will do it. Right? You're granting special importance to the this that you're pointing at. Right? So in Chazal, Chazal were very interested also in little words. You know, little words that are very hard to distinguish, very hard to say what they mean exactly. Ze is one of those words that Chazal were interested in. So when you say ze, you say Noach, especially, he has some quality which will enable yinachamein, which will enable us to overcome mimaaseinu from that which we do, umitzavon yadeinu, and the itzavon, the sadness of our enterprise, which in fact was the curse. I mean, we're going to work hard, and nothing good is going to come of it, or not enough good will come of it. That's itzavon yadeinu. Min from the earth, asher Hashem, that God has cursed. So there you have the whole story. Zeh meaning Noah, right? And not, and not Kayin, and not Yaval, right? Even though, and not Hanok, and not Yaval, but Noah. And Rashi says, Noah, Yenach Mimenu that we will get respite from the sadness of our hands, from the fact that we work so hard and don't really get very far. Before Noach, before Noach, they could not plow with plows. They didn't have a plow. So they had to go and dig it up by hand, I guess, somehow. And then plant whatever they planted. So the plowing was not done properly, and he brought them a plow. Because they didn't have a plow. When they planted wheat, what they got was brambles. That's what they got until Noah came along. Right? Noah, Nacha. On the, on the, at the time of Noach there was rest and that's what Yenachamenu means Yenachamenu we received we had a respite from this terrible situation and he says if you don't explain it this way which way I mean we, we don't have to I don't know how Rashi knew that it was a plow but it was something Right, it was Rashi said, Zayin it's not talking about 
what's going to happen after the flood. It's not about after the flood. It's about before the flood. It's about why Noah was chosen to be the person who was going to save the world. And the reason, the reason that Noah was chosen to save the world, as it says it's in the name... It's also linguistic. What? It's also linguistic. He's arguing, he's arguing why the, the shortage of the word is lahaniach and not lenachem. Okay. And so... Yeah, but I mean, that's something that Rashi can do. But the point is that this pasuk, the next pasuk, Perik, Elabishim, Perik Vav, Pasuk Chet, you see that? Noach Matzah Chain Beinei Hashem. Noach Matzah Chain Beinei Hashem. So Rashi, this pasuk demands something, like say something. Rashi says nothing about what Matzah Chain Beinei Hashem means. Right? Because he's already explained it. What's the Chain? What's the shame? We have to understand that the curse that was placed upon Adam HaRishon, according to this understanding, the curse that was placed upon Adam HaRishon was meant to be abrogated. It was meant to be overcome. Right? It was meant, just like, just like, uh, uh, right, the curse to a woman. Which means, you will have a lot of pain in childbirth. But, I mean, it's like a, a long time later, but today no one would say that a birthing mother should opt for pain and not be sedated somehow. I mean, I don't know any... Today, Rabbanim, in the beginning they did say that. There were a lot of rabbis who said that that's is a kind of a, a stative. You know, that's how it is. That's not the beginning. The beginning what? The ether. When they first had ether, the doctor said that. Mm-hmm. That's what? That the women didn't, they shouldn't have it. Yes, women should use it. it. Why? Because they was shouldn't have it. Was there the buzzer? Oh. Mm. All right. But today nobody would say that. I don't think. I don't think. In other words, this idea, this idea that the curse is not a stative. It's not about the way the world will always be. But it's a punishment and something that you can overcome. Now how you overcome it is discussed in the Torah and juxtaposing Cain and Noah. Right? Noah is the person Noah is the person who overcame the curse of Aruah Adama Ba'aburech. Noah did that and gave it to us as an inheritance. And therefore, we could say that Noach Motzachin. What is Motzachin? That's what God wanted to happen in the world. That should be turned around. Is that what you mean? Right? That what? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> good. I'm not missing out all the good lines because you're taking them away. <laughs> So, so, but you have to, uh, have to understand, and say, what is it that Noah, what made it possible for Noah to be the chosen one up to this point? This pasuk is the last pasuk in the parsha of Breshit. And the last pasuk of Parsha Breshit gives me a hint. Noah made the world that God created habitable. It's because of Noah that you could take advantage of the earth. It's because of Noah that the curse was not offensive. It's all of that goes to Noah. All that goes to Noah. So Noah was the obvious choice to be the second coming of Adam HaRishon. But he became Adam HaRishon after the flood. Because he's Motzochen. He's Motzochen. And so... After that pasuk of Motzachay, after the pasuk of Motzachay, there's another pasuk in the Torah. Ele toldot Noach. Okay, toldot Noach. Noach ish sadik tamim ayab edorotav et ha'elokim italech Noach. Now this pasuk, are we, are we up to this pasuk? We're changing the topic. We're about to talk about this pasuk. We finish with Noach Motzachay. We understand why he's Motzachay. Zayin Achameinu, the difference in Noach and Kayin, 
etc. Now the first pasuk in the Pasha of Noach says, Noach ish tzadik. Does that sound like a good thing? Yes. Tamim. Uh, that's also good. Tamim is a positive word. Tomim tiyem Hashem The pasuk says, Be tamim. And then it says, Tamim ayabedorotav. Okay, I don't know what ayabedorotav means, but Rashi will help me out. Et elokim italech noch. Et elokim italech noch, meaning whatever it means, but it sounds good. It's positive, right? To go with God is better than going like Cain went alone against God and Noach went with God. Noach went with God. So we could apply that to the distinction between Cain in, in, in becoming a, uh, an agriculturalist and Noach using his uh, innate cleverness to make things easier on all of humanity. That's what Rashi seems to say. So you can make, you know, you'll say whatever you say. You know, if you want to tell somebody the story at Shabbos, you'll make up whatever's missing in the, and you fill it in. But Rashi says, Rashi says an amazing thing. This idea of Doratav. So Rashi says, you see the second part of Rashi? The, the last of the narrow lines in the Rashi, the middle of the line, it says, Rashi says this, a famous Rashi, everybody knows it in their sleep, they know this Rashi. There are those of our rabbis who think that this pasuk is very laudatory of Noah. And it says, Certainly, if he lived in a righteous era, after all, everybody was corrupt in the time of Noah, so Noah looked good. I mean, well, maybe Noah just sat home and, and, and drank soda. So he would already, he would already look very good. So, so, so one, I'm sorry, I'll read it again. There are those of our Rabbanim who think that this is a positive statement about Noah. He lived with righteous people. If he lived with righteous people, he would be even more righteous. There are those who uh, see this as a kind of uh, negative about Noah. Yeah, he was a tzaddik in his generation. If he lived at the time of Avraham, so it looks like the Rashi is quoting Machlok. It's kind of strange. Like, what did Rashi think? What am I supposed to do now? When I start to think about uh, about Noah. Am I supposed to think he's a good guy? Am I to think he's a bad guy? Am I to think he's a tzaddik? Or think he's not a tzaddik? I mean, Rashi is not being helpful. Not being helpful. But if you look at Rashi carefully, you'll see that the way Rashi presents the opinion of Chazal, everybody agreed that he was not a greatly righteous person. Everybody agreed. What is the disagreement about? The disagreement about, look at the, again, What's the shvach? That he had it in him to be even more righteous. But right now, in the days that he lived, was he really a very righteous person? No. The second opinion is, right? The second opinion, if he would have lived at the time of Abraham, then nobody would like, give a passing glance to Noah and his supposed righteousness. But everybody agrees. What does everybody agree? That Noah was not an exemplary righteous person in his own generation. 
In other words, Rashi. Rashi, I mean, you're talking about somebody who is, uh, who is the teacher of uh, the Jewish people. And there was no way for Rashi to resolve the choice that God made of Noah to become the person who saved the world. And the fact that when Noah went out of the ark, what did he do? Noah? What? Before he got drunk. He planted a vineyard. Planted a vineyard means agriculture, right? Right, here's Noah. Noah is both the son of uh, Cain, I mean, somehow related to Cain, I mean, uh, Cain was his uncle, right? Cain was the son of Adam and Chava, and as we saw, Sheit was the son of Adam and Chava, and Sheit was the father of Noah, and Noah, Noah, even though he made agriculture possible for the world, and that gave him entree into the position of being, you know, number one in the universe, nevertheless misused that very power that he granted to the entire world. And he became an, as he left the, when he left the ark, he became an agriculturist. And as a result, he grew the grapes and became drunk, etc. And the story, and the story is well known. Rashi, Rashi finds it difficult to believe that a truly righteous person would have ended up the way that Noah ended up. And so Rashi tells us, this is the story. The story is, yes, the word tzaddik is used, but it is modified it's modified, right? That's a grammar word. It's modified by the words Hayah Bidorotav. And what Hayah Bidorotav mean, according to Rashi, the modification there is that Noah was not a tzaddik. Was not a tzaddik. In the sense that Avram Avinu was a tzaddik, or Yitzchak, or Yaakov. And this, of course, answers the question of why it is that the Jewish people did not start from Noah. Why aren't we the sons of Noah? Well, we sort of are. But in terms of the ethos of Am Yisrael, Noah was not the person who would give that to us. What was, what was wrong with him going into agriculture if he had already uh, broken no, the nothing curse? Wrong, nothing wrong with it, but he misused it. He became drunk. Mm. He used it to promote the transgression. And we know that being drunk, even though there's a pasuk here, you see, Mikola Beimah Torah, pasuk, Perik Zayin, pasuk, uh, whatever it is. It says, so Rashi says, I, the, I didn't get the Rashi on the, on the sheet, but the Rashi says, you could see that he must have learned some Torah because he knew the difference between Tameh and Tahor. HaKadosh Baruch didn't tell him, you know, to the left, to the right. Uh, Noach knew that himself. So there was this idea that Noach was uh, above average. But again, this idea, Rashi is hammering home that Sadiq Ayyab does not mean that he was a Sadiq. It means that he was Bidorotab. That he could be called a Sadiq, but he really wasn't one. And that's the only way that Rashi could understand it. So the story of Noah that seemed to end as badly as it as it did end. Let's do the last uh, the last Rashi, right? The last Rashi. Et the word et the Rashi says many times that little word, right? Et uh, should be understood uh, usually as the word in Hebrew im et elokim im elokim with God hitalech Noah. Now that sounds like a very positive statement. Right? So Rashi took care of Sadika Yavidorotav. Right? You might have thought that that's very positive, but Rashi knocked it down a couple of pegs. Now he has the problem of which sounds like, I mean, uh, Noah was like the most spiritual of people who walked with God, which sounds like a way of saying what... Uh, so listen to what Rashi says. 
באברהם הוא אומר, התהלך לפניי, אשר התהלכתי לפניי. נוח היה צריך לצעד לתומכו. So את האלוקים התהלך נוח. It's differentiated, התהלך נוח, from the person who says, from Avram who said, התהלכתי לפניו, I did it. This is, את האלוקים התהלך נוח, that's like the vision of the third person. That's what נוח was. התהלכתי לפניו, that's what Avram really says about himself. So what's the difference? Because Noach, a Yitzharid, Sa'ad, Letomcho. Noach needed somebody to prop him up to walk with God. He couldn't do it on his own. But Avram, Ayam, Itchazek, Ma'alech, Mitzitko, Me'elah. But Avram went on his own. He, he, he became strong and he went, and he went on his own. So you see, you see, Rashi takes care of it. Rashi takes care of it. Now that we've gone through the first pasuk, I mean, the, the last part of it, I'm not going to, to read you. Now we go through the first pasuk, we know that Noah is a complex personality. Right? He saved the world from the curse of the earth, and therefore, Matzachain, and therefore, he was chosen to be Adam Arishon in the second time around. Of the uh, of the creation of the world, right? All of this is all of this is true, but he was not going to be the father of the nation of Israel. He was not going to be the person that we look back to, to when we try to define ourselves in terms of the Avot and the Imahot. Right? Those people become. The people who constantly define us as a nation. And Noah was excluded in spite of the fact that he did a great thing and that he was, you know, as the Malbim points out, he was, uh, he was a great personality, but he lacked that tzitkut and he lacked that hitalechim Hashem. He lacked those qualities that Avraham Avinu had. Avraham Avinu had without, without a doubt. I mean, there is nothing, no source which emphasizes the fact, there's no source that emphasizes the fact that Avraham that Noah was spiritually special other than this pasuk, et elokim italet Noah, and a law comes, a law comes, uh, Hello comes Rashi. Rashi, and he says, no, don't, don't be so amazed. Noach doesn't mean that Noach was anything like Abraham Avinu. He just didn't have it. He had the side. He needed, he needed support. He needed support in his religious endeavor. So Rashi changed Noach around. Everybody knows this Rashi. Everybody knows the first Pesach in Noach. And so Rashi did away with our naive thoughts about who Noah, who Noah might have been. Now, the, in the in the Achronim, uh, I want to read a few, uh, at least a few lines. So you see the Malbim, the Malbim, Malbim, the first uh, first paragraph here. You know, the Malbim wrote a very long commentary, sort of on the Tanakh on the whole Tanakh which is always very interesting it was always always very interesting I mean you know as it is with commentaries you could find a different direction to go in but his ideas are always very very interesting so on this Pasuk which says Noach Matzachein Noach Matzachein he sees that as an independent statement not as the way we learned it with Rashi you learn with Rashi that he's not a Motachein because of Zayin Achameinu. The Malbim sees it, and, and that's why Rashi didn't comment on these words, Noach Motachein. Right? So it says, She'im Noach lo ya Motachein, lo ya samlev lacharib et ha'olam. You listen to this idea, which I think, uh, I mean, I would not have thought of. 
that if Noah if there was not some positive quality that Noah possessed, which Akadish Borhu uh appreciated, and therefore God wanted Noah to continue to live, according to the Malvin. Right? Then God would never have considered, if not for Noah, God would never have considered destroying the world. Right? Exactly the opposite. Backwards, right? Because then you wouldn't be able to say that God is destroying the world because he's gonna, there's going to be a better world. There's no tikkun, there's no better. If everybody was bad, everybody's bad, and therefore God would punish everybody by destroying the world in which everybody lived, then how could you say that God was punishing the world as a tikkun, as a way of fixing things? It's only if you have somebody who's worth saving the world for that you could say it's a tikkun, that there's some kind of a, a tikkun. He says, Shaz lo yachurban letzor tikkun. The Ender Hashem Lasot Ra Rakeshu Litachlit Tov. And he says, we would never imagine that God would do something bad unless that bad would produce good. But if that bad just remains bad, then there is nothing. So you see, the Baalim says, Noach Motzachain. Noach Motzachain is not a statement about Noach. It's a statement about the flood. It's a statement about the destruction of the world. That since God could destroy the world because he had something to rebuild the world with. Noah, his family, right? All the people. That, that could happen. It's sort of like a, like an interesting idea, but it, it addresses the pasuk that Rashi didn't explain to us or for us. Right? Shaz lo nikra shemashchit v'soter rak shemaitiv ki soter k'day livnot u'mochek almanat v'takein So he says, that's okay, you know, then that, these are concepts we have, that we have from Hilchot Shabbat that uh, you're, you're allowed to, to destroy something, right? But if you're destroying it or to rebuild it, it's also a Shabbos. But it's also an Israel Bonek. Right? Building is also on Shabbos. But you can still let the, the children play with Lego. Bone is also. So if you destroy something, it should be mutter. Because it's, you know, because you're not building anything. But we say, no, that uh, there are two kinds of destroying. There are two kinds of erasing. There are two, that if I destroy in order to rebuild it, then it's under the rubric a building, and therefore, and so that's what he uses that idea, and he says, "Rak achar shenoach matzachein v'raad sheim yanech et haolam k'moshu yitkalkel gam noach l'chein ishchit et akol k'day sheyamod noach betzidko." What do you think of that? He says it's only after Noach was recognized as a tzaddik, and then the question was. The question before God, so to speak, was, well, what, 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 what will happen if I don't destroy the world? I'll destroy Noah. The world will destroy Noah. So I better destroy the world sooner so that I have a reason for kiyum ha'olam, for the, for promoting, for promoting the world. In order that Noah should remain, at, uh, remain uh, uh, righteous. No, should we remain righteous? Okay, now if you turn the page and look at the back, look at the back. I just want to look at the Svatamet. Let's, let's look at the Svatamet. You see that little Svatamet at the bottom of the page? The rest of the Malbim you can uh, work out if you are interested in making an effort. Svatamet. Berashi. This is a line in Rashi. Remember? With God. Noach went. The God had to hold him up. God was supporting him. And Rashi calls that Sa'ad. 
uses that word Sabbath Ayin Dalit. Avraham, Avraham didn't need support. He was he, his clarity of vision about God was such that he was with God all the time. Vadai says, Barak. He says, What do you mean? I mean everybody needs God's support and God's help. How would you say that's a distinguishing quality between Noah and Abraham? Even Abraham needed divine support. Kidita, uh, as we know, as he quotes in the Gemara, Il Malaya Kadeshbahu Ozro. Il Malaya Kadeshbahu Ozro. If not for the fact that God helped him, he could never do that, never do anything. And that includes Abraham as well. Who said Abraham was not supported? They did not get help. Right, those Sukim Midrashi quotes, and it says, it says in the Pasuk of the Torah, that Avram Avinu, it was seen as a special kind of righteousness, that he was able to go on his own. Ki Avraham chashav shakol me Hashem yitparach. Ve'echamar she'ein sarich sad. Because Avram Avinu, I mean, what does it mean? That Avram Avinu went on his own. It means everything came from God. So if everything comes from God, I mean, you could say that you went on your own because you mean everything went... Everything came from God. Yaakov Hashem itvarach ve'eicham ha'shein tzorich tzad. How could Rashi say that? Avodah peirush. Sha'akol me'yashem itvarach. Everything comes from God. Rak lefamim ha'shem itvarach ozer ba'ofen she'yitzarech tzad. U'lemi she'ra'ui noten ba'ofen she'lo yitzarech tzad. So he has this, he has this answer. This answer is that sometimes God creates a situation where you obviously need to be helped, and other times, with certain kinds of tzaddikim, you create a situation that you don't need tzad. So what's the point of the of this vatamet? What does this vatamet say? That since, since each person sees the world according to his kind of level of spirituality and association with God. Tzorich Sa'ad, that Noach Tzorich Sa'ad, that was what Noah thought. He always looked around and said, gee, I I wish God could help me out of this mess I'm in. Whereas Avram Avinu always said, I know that God will help me out of this mess. And he didn't need the feeling all the time that that God was with him. So that the way that the Svatamet explains it is not like a, there's a functional distinction between Noah and Abraham. Noah was this way and Abraham was this way. But rather that Noah was a person who saw the world in terms of the need to be supported by God. And Abraham was a person who saw the world in terms of, of course I'm supported, I'm supported by God. So we see that according to Rashi and other commentaries that we could look at, according to Rashi especially, Noah was this complex personality who on the one hand was worthy, but on the other hand was not worthy enough for the creation of Cloud Israel, of the Jewish people. That would take place only in next week's next week's parasha. Have a good Shabbos.